What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to cover some Canadian madness. We're going to cover some World Economic Forum fuckery as per usual. And then I'm going to tell you guys about the history of humans documenting different types of reptilians going back 7,000 years ago. Now, I know when the Queen of England chick died, it was like, oh, yeah, I was joking, talking about how, like, there's a conspiracy that they're all reptiles. But if you actually look in to the history of human races that have nothing to do with each other, they're separated by distance and time. Many, many have different quote unquote legends and oral traditions. And some of it is even written down in cuneiform about reptilian races from outer space. Then after the brief little history lesson, I'm going to tell you about a federally funded program that dosed volunteers with DMT. And over half of the test subjects describe seeing reptilian entities. So yeah, we're going to get to all that, but let's start with this fucking crazy shit going on in Canada. Over the past few months, I've kind of been updating you guys on all of these Canadian doctors that are suddenly fucking just dropping dead post-vaccine rollout. We're at about 93 right now and still counting. But that's not even what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario doubling down on their COVID injection bullshit. No shit. They are like blind to what's going on. They don't want to think, oh, maybe these injections are literally killing people. But check this out. This is absolutely insane. So this group, like I just said, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, literally just sent out a memo to other physicians in Ontario. And here is what they said. Quote, generally speaking, there are very few acceptable medical exemptions to the COVID-19 vaccination. Examples include allergist, immunologist confirmed severe allergy or anaphylactic reaction to a previous dose of the Kabobo-19 vaccine or to any of its components that cannot be mitigated or diagnosed episode of myocarditis slash pericarditis after the receipt of an mRNA vaccine. Given the rarity of these exceptions, and in light of the fact that vaccines have been proven, (laughs) oh fuck, this is funny, have been proven to be safe and effective, any notes written for patients who qualify for a medical exemption need to clearly specify the reason they cannot be vaccinated, like document clear medical information that supports the exemption, or effective time period for the medical reason. While physicians are generally required to complete third-party medical reports for patients when requested, the circumstances of the pandemic support physicians declining to write notes or complete forms when the patient making the request does not have a medical condition that warrants an exemption. If you find yourself in this situation, clearly and sensitively explain to your patient that you cannot provide them with a note or form, along with the reason why. Now, this is the fucked up part. Check this shit out, guys. It is also important that physicians work with their patients to manage anxieties related to the vaccine and not enable avoidance behavior. For example, for extreme fear of needles, tryptophanophobia, or other cases of serious concern, responsible use of prescription medications and or referrals to psychotherapy may be available. 
Overall, physicians have a responsibility to allow their patients to be properly informed about vaccines and not have these anxieties empowered by an exemption. Like, what the actual fuck? So, right now, it's not a mandate. It's not a fucking rule. This is what these motherfucking doctors, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, are telling all the doctors in Ontario to think about doing. Now, I'm like the type of person like, okay, let's see what precedent does this set? If they're saying right now in this, you know, fucking November 21st, 2022, they're just now saying, hey, maybe you want to fucking drug your patients with fucking psychotropic medication. Just thinking like six months, is it going to be a mandate? Are they going to forcefully medicate these people because they do not want to be part of experiment by big pharma? How, like what the what level clown world shit is this and of course mainstream media is fucking cricketing the whole situation now i found this information out on the vigilant fox subtrack i follow this person they actually get a lot of good information so if you go to his subtrack go check out his other writings it's a lot of great information According to Canadian doctor William Mackis, who was on a podcast hosted by Laura Lynn Taylor Thompson, he said, quote, this is extremely unethical and this is a very, very slippery slope. They're suggesting people that want to have a body autonomy and don't want an experimental vaccine that there may be something mentally wrong with them. That is a very, very dangerous, slippery slope that we're on. So, yeah, kind of like what I was saying, it's just a suggestion now, but with the way these fucking tyrants are going, it may not be a suggestion, you know, six months from now. And of course, in Canada, they seem to like kind of be in Australia where they're fucking going hard on the citizens with the mandates, with the crazy shit with this job, trying to brainwash people. So, I mean, they're doing it here in the United States. They're fucking actually doing it everywhere. But I mean, I, I'm in fucking America, so I do see a lot of Canadian news and I have a lot of Canadian peeps listening. So I'm like in tune with what's going on over there. And it's hardcore fucking crazy. It's like, are we really even in a pandemic? Were we ever in a pandemic? So I, I don't know you guys, but for this fucking college of physicians to say these shots are proven safe and effective, get the fuck out of here. All the cancer rates are soaring. Miscarriage rates are soaring infertility and so on and let's not even talk about all these motherfuckers just suddenly dropping dead with no obvious cause or the weird ass white blood clots that coroners and morticians are finding in these people's bodies i don't think any of that sounds safe or effective and there's the whole like aspect of hey you can't sue these big pharma criminals because they have an exemption because of the eau act now, while we are on the subject of Canada, I'm going to tell you guys about a program called Known Traveler Digital Identity. Basically, this is a partnership with the World Economic Forum. Shocking, right? So according to the Canadian website ArriveCan, quote, you must use ArriveCan to provide mandatory travel and public health information before and after your entry into Canada. ArriveCan is not only keeping travelers safe, but is a part of ongoing effort to, quote, modernize cross-border travel. The World Economic Forum is not the only partner in this. And how many times did we get called crazy nutjob conspiracy theorists for warning people this was coming? 
I mean, fucking countless at this point. But some of the other partners are Vision Box, Air Canada, Accenture, Toronto Pearsons, and a few other ones. But the main one is the World Economic Forum because Justin Trudeau is a tool is all wrapped up with Klaus Schwab. This is essentially a vaccine passport. And how many times, you guys, how many times they say this was never going to happen? There's no vaccine passport. We're all crazy. Well, check this out. The G20 summit that's going on right now has some fuckery just like the stuff we're talking about in Canada. So check this out. Leaders have just signed a declaration which states that vaccine passports will be adopted to, quote, facilitate all international travel. This means any vaccination the WHO, World Health Organization, determines you should have. This will change your rights and freedoms forever. And no mainstream media is trying to like break this down, be like, what the fuck? Who are these international twats trying to meddle in our country's laws and rights? Fucking crickets. I mean, it's not it's not surprising in the least. Another thing that's going on right now, and it's totally silent in the media are the huge protests going on in Brazil. Now, I want to break this down for you guys because it's very important. What's happening in Brazil is probably going to happen all over the world. So there was just an election there about 20 days ago. And shockingly not shocking, the new president who was elected is a World Economic Forum puppet. But we got to go back a little bit further than just what happened with these elections 20 days ago. So I have some Brazilian peeps that listen to the show, and one of them directed me to a post on Reddit by a Brazilian who kind of broke down like the last three decades of Brazilian politics that have led to today, what's going on in Brazil. So I'm going to break that down, and it's fucking madness, but it's very important you know what's going on there, because you're not going to hear about any of this in the mainstream media, and I think... Hearing this from the perspective of a person from Brazil will be way more accurate than me, a non-Portuguese speaking American, could ever try to break it down from fucking Google Translate. So sit back and get ready for this. Around 20 days ago, a man named Luis Lula da Silva was elected president of Brazil. Now I'm going to refer to him as Lula because that's how this Brazilian that made this post refers to them. Lula is the president elected really recently in Brazil that has kicked off massive protests. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of people out in the street protesting. So just keep that in mind. Lula is the president that was just elected. According to the poster on Reddit, whose username is Zikov, They state, I am Brazilian, and reading Reddit news and post, I feel the world has no idea what's happening here. Lula controls the media. Lula controls the Supreme Court. Lula's party, which is the Workers' Party, is going to have 20 years of almost sequential governments, and the country is still probably the unsafest place and most corrupt I have ever seen. Zikhev goes on to say, In the election, we could not even comment that Zula is corrupt on our social media because they would be banned, flagged, deleted by the Supreme Court. So basically, you can't fucking talk out against this guy on social media or you'll be censored. Now, he summarizes all of these events that kind of lead us up to the election. And 
I know it's a lot of information and as per usual, I'm just giving you like a clip notes version. So do your own research so you can better understand what's happening there because it could happen anywhere. It could happen fucking here for all we know next year. So Lula tries to win the elections back in the 80s and that never actually happened. Fast forward to 2001, Lula is elected and his government goes until the end of his second term in 2008. The Lula government is notorious for bribing and corruption scandals, including the, quote, big monthly bonus paid in cash to congressmen who voted according to the government. Some managed to receive $250,000 monthly just to approve the executive new laws without questioning it. Before Lula's term ends, he tries to approve the National Human Rights Act law. It includes total control of the media, removal of any, quote, hate content or misleading information about the government, and some other stuff, too. So it's just kind of like what's happening here. Congress there ended up vetoing the law. After Lula's term ended, another person by the name of Dilma was then elected. And of course, he's the same party as Lua. During Dilma's leadership, there were a bunch of scandals, bribing scandals, and a lot of people ended up getting arrested. They arrested state employees that were nominated by a workers' party, and they returned about $27 billion just from the corrupted government employee's account. Right after this, Lula is arrested and judged for 27 separate cases. Now, of course, there were some definitely suspicious deaths of officials involved in the car wash operations. So Lula is convicted. He goes to fucking prison. Lula ends up appealing this incarceration multiple times. And at one point, their Supreme Court allowed him to kind of like post bail and be under house arrest, something similar to that, as the case was going through the court system. All of these appeals, it is taking years. And in Brazil, they have a statute of limitations where you can't be charged with something that's over five years old. Because they allowed this time to run out with all of the appeals and that shady shit, this basically just kind of wiped the slate clean for this man. He now can run elections and all the other charges can't even be brought to trial. Now that brings us up to the latest elections for the Brazilian president. The person running against Lula is a man named Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro had been president of Brazil since January 2019. So Bolsonaro and Lula go up against each other to run for this president of Brazil position. The latest election was 50.9% for Lula and 49.1% for Bolsonaro. Now, the poster kind of alleges that there was a lot of voter fraud, that over 20% of Lula voters are illiterate and can't even read. He states, the Northeast region that has only Workers' Party government for the last 30 years has over 70% votes for Lula and is the only region that made his election possible. So that kind of catches you up where we are today. But... Check this out. Brazil has now fallen into the World Economic Forum's hand because Lula is a puppet for the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. You can find his picture on the World Economic Forum's website. So a lot of these Brazilians, they're fucking watching what's going on. They think this election was stolen and they are out in the streets protesting, probably in the millions, you guys. There's so many fucking people out there. They're not buying it. They're saying... We don't want the World Economic Forum in our country. We don't want this corrupt motherfucker Lula, who's basically led Brazil for almost, what, 20, 30 years, and he suddenly has all these charges dropped, and he's no longer in prison, he's not being investigated, and suddenly he is the president again, and 
He's a puppet for Klaus Schwab. Like I said earlier, the mainstream media is not talking about this. You gotta search hard to figure out what is going on. In closing, Zikov states, there's an international brainwash in favor of Lula. The censorship in the elections was insane. Lula supported Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and basically any other international left dictatorship. And nobody's even talking about this. And Klaus Schwab is just sitting there giggling. You know, he's got his fucking grubby little hands all over South America now. Right now, hell of people in Brazil are out protesting. And they're kind of taking a note from the Canadian convoy. The truckers and the farmers have now joined the citizens protesting this election. But the Brazilian government took a page out of Justin Trudeau is a tool and started seizing bank accounts of people who are protesting the election. No fucking shit. So I just have to say, stand strong, my Brazilian peeps. You got a lot of support here in the United States and across the world. We see you. We see what's happening. And... 100% I salute you motherfuckers for being out there in the streets, letting it be known you do not want a World Economic Forum dictatorship. I do just have to say thank you, Zikov, for the information you provided. Thank you for uh, letting me use it and even put your username with it. I do appreciate it. Hang in there. Now, before we get on to the fun reptilian shit, I need to tell you guys about some more money laundering fuckery going on. I didn't even know about it. This was brought to my attention by one of our listeners named Jeff. So that's what's up, Jeff. Thank you so much for pointing me in this direction because I had no fucking clue. So check this out, you guys. Now, this might not be 100% money laundering per se, but this is some kickback bullshit. Check this out, you guys. There was an 18-month, $192 million contract for, quote, COVID-19 graphic designer. And like I said, for a non-bid contract. And this was authorized by the California Department of Public Health. Now let's break that down, you guys. That's $10.7 million per month to produce these fucking images that maybe took off 15 minutes to make. These fucking people are getting paid $10.7 million, you guys. Now apparently a man on Twitter named Jim Smith, 952, blah, 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 and at Hamill Law are the ones that kind of dug this out and brought it to the surface. And it was posted up on Reddit by BB Jackie. I have some pictures of these fucking ridiculous graphics that Californians paid $10 million per month to make. I'm going to post them up on the Instagram account so you can see how fucking ridiculous this stuff is. This is like kickback grand central and no one's going to do anything about it. It's all good. Let's just let these government cronies in California keep kicking back money to their bros. So yeah, that's going on too. You guys, shit's happening everywhere. And I don't know. I don't know what the fucking answer is. I don't even know what the solution is because at this point we are so far in the clown world. How do we take back the power and shit? So that's basically what needs to happen. Going a little bit deeper, according to the ad agency's website, they spent around $40 million in media buys, and apparently the rest of the $150 million went to the ad agency for the production of these ridiculous COVID fucking propaganda images. $190 million, you guys, that could solve so many problems. The fucking homeless problem, the people dying of fentanyl problem. Shit, it could go so many other places, but it's going to an ad agency to create ridiculous graphics of COVID propaganda. 
So like I said, I'm going to put some of these images up on the Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> my account's so fucking shadow banned. So I don't know. You can go check it out at Vanished Athena or Vanished in the Valley Athena backup or even my Reddit sub r slash Vanished in the Valley. So once again, thank you, Jeff, for sending me that information. It's just like, oh, one more cherry on top of the clown world fucking Sunday. Now it's change of subject time. And because you're listening to Vanish in the Valley, we are about to talk about a federally funded program in the 90s where doctors would get volunteers and inject them with DMT. Now, the interesting part is over half of these participants reported seeing or uh, feeling, I'm not exactly sure, hallucinating reptile entities. So sit back and get ready for this. Now, normally when I hear about quote reptilian conspiracies or reptilian theories or whatever you want to call it, I immediately think of David Ick. Now, if you don't know who David Ick is, he is an English conspiracy theorist and former footballer and sports broadcaster. He's written over 20 books, self-published since the mid-1990s. He has spoken in more than 25 countries. But we're not going, David Ick, on this one. I'm going to tell you about a literal federal government-funded study with medical doctors and double-blind studies. So check this out, you guys. First, let's get a little bit of background with mankind and the 7,000-year history of them chronicling reptilian beings. Archaeologists unearthed 7,000-year-old humanoid lizard statues in Mesopotamia. There's different Vedic scriptures that depict Naga, as a shape-shifting serpentine breed. Ancient Sumerians wrote about a powerful group of overlords called the Anunnaki. We have reptilian legends in Central America. We have it in Asia, as the ruling emperors said they descended from dragons. Even Africa, the Zulu shamans believe the world is controlled by Shatari. Most people kind of just like dismiss these stories as like, I don't know, legend, cultural lore, mythology, etc. Just not being real. But as I was saying earlier, there was a group of scientists who discovered evidence that our ancestors witnessed legitimate lizard people. These scientists conclude that these species continue to exist in modern time. So we're going to go all the way back to 1990. And the federal government decided to fund a project at the University of New Mexico. They wanted to investigate DMT. Yes, DMT, the quote, spirit molecule, which is a naturally occurring chemical compound that can be found in both plants and animals. Rick Straussman, who is a highly respected medical doctor, he is also the associate professor of psychology, was the one that was in charge of these clinical trials. This dude straight up used 400 injections on 60 different test subjects. The project went on for five years, and according to Dr. Rick Straussman, it permanently altered his perception of reality. Now, let's start with the participants. This was all voluntary. This is not some fucking MK Ultra shit where they're drugging people with prostitutes. Each person received a full psychological evaluation just to make sure that they weren't fucking outdoor or had mental issues. After the initial screenings, the doctors performed detailed physical examinations. They even did laboratory tests, ECGs, and kind of weeded out those that they didn't think were in top physical shape. Age, gender, ethnicity, occupation, and religious beliefs varied widely. Now, this is the part where we get to a double-blind study. All of these sessions took place in a clinical hospital setting, you guys. 
the medical staff would straight up inject DMT into the volunteers and the doses would vary with each session. I can't even imagine fucking injecting DMT. Hard pass, bro. Now, during these sessions, they had nurses closely monitoring the patient's vitals, including temperature, heart rate, and blood pressure. Dr. Straussman would wait about 20 minutes after they were injected with the DMT and start questioning them about their experience. Basically, he asked what they felt, heard, taste, smelled, and observed. During the interviews with Dr. Straussman, a revelation soon surfaced. More than half of the volunteers described encountering nearly identical reptilian entities. Now, these are all firsthand reports, you guys. Once the DMT would take effect, they would start tripping, seeing different colors, and they described it as having an overwhelming vibration sound surrounding them. They said it continuously intensified until the user is ejected from their body and catapulted into another realm. Many said suddenly they're in a room filled with bizarre apparatus. Reptilian creatures swiftly appear as if they were waiting for these people's arrival. Other subservient non-human visitors are also frequently reported, including mantises, robotic androids, and gray aliens. The people are reporting that these reptoids converse telepathically and run various tests on them. The test subjects also reported a crippling sensation of profound dread. Now, here's a little list of some of the statements gathered by the program's investigative team regarding the observer's exposure to reptilians. They stated they had large eyes, tough skin, webbed feet, and sharp claws. They appear to have an agenda. The reptilians are extremely focused on technical work. They kind of just instill this intense feeling of fear. They feel these beings are cold and indifferent, but also describe them as extremely intelligent and quick-witted. Now, this study went on for five years, and the scientists collected all kinds of data. The scientists also gathered hundreds of testimonies which indicate a clear connection between DMT trips and ectothermic assailants. These scientists hypothesize what could actually have caused this phenomena, but... As with a lot of things, they are left with more questions than answers. One of the theories is that DMT opens a portal to another dimension. Other people argue it activates previously dormant regions of the brain, allowing individuals to transcend former limitations. Right now, it's estimated humans can only see a minuscule 0.005% of the spectrum of visible light. So these uh, scientists kind of theorize maybe it's possible that diverse life forms may exist just beyond the limits of our five senses. They go on to say maybe DMT removes the metaphoric blinders and reveals what has truly been there all along. Now, a little side note, I got a lot of my information about this whole reptilian fucking project situation from downthechupucabrahole.com. I will put a link up so you guys can read the entire article if you'd like. It goes into more detail and there's links to other different theories and all kinds of actually good shit. So go check out the website and see what they're all about. This entire research program kind of reminded me about the CIA Mars Exploration FOIA documents. I think I've actually talked about it here before, but if you don't remember, let me kind of refresh your mind. It was an experiment about remote viewing. In these FOIA documents, they kind of explain how they set up the whole experiment. They said there were sealed envelopes coupled with geographic coordinates. 
The sealed envelopes were given to the subject immediately prior to the interview. The envelope was not opened until after the interview. In the envelope was a 3x5 card with the following information. The planet Mars. Time of interest, approximately 1 million years BC. Selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the information were verbally given to the subjects during the interview. Now, just a little bit about remote viewing. It's considered the practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen subject, purportedly sensing with the mind. The term remote viewing is often credited to physicist Russell Targ and Harold Putoff, a parapsychology researchers at Stanford Research Institute. And the whole point of them coining remote viewing was to distinguish it from the closely related concept of clairvoyance. Back to the CIA FOIA documents. This whole study was called Project Stargate, and $20 million research program sponsored by the U.S. government attempted to determine potential military applications of psychic phenomena. This program ran from 1975 to 1995. Let's get back to what some of these test subjects say they saw after viewing the 3x5 index card provided by the scientists. The test subject kind of starts off by saying that, quote, I'm looking at after effect of a major geological problem. And the scientists say, go back to a time before the geologic problem. The test subject goes on say, oh, total difference. It's a uh, before there's... I, I don't know. Oh, hell. It's like mountains of dirt. They appear and then disappear when you go to before. There's like a large flat surface, very smooth angles, walls. Really large though. I mean, megalithic. The test subject goes on to say, I'm seeing, it's like a perception of a shadow of people. Very tall and thin. It's only a shadow. It's as if they're there and then they're not. The researcher asks them to go back to a period of time where they are there. The test subject goes on to say they just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very large. They're wearing some kind of strange clothing. Then the researcher gives them some new coordinates and they tell them to move in time. The subject says, I'm deep inside of a cavern. No, not a cavern, more like a canyon. I'm looking up up the sides of a steep wall that seemed to go on forever. There's like a structure with a, it's like a wall of the canyon itself has been carved. The researcher then gives them some new coordinates. The subject says they see pyramids. They can't tell if it's overlay or not because they're different. The test subject goes on to say that these pyramids are huge. They have an inside and out. The test subject says that these pyramids are some sort of shelter from storms. At this point, the subject goes inside the pyramid. He describes them as, quote, different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like strictly functional place for sleeping. Or actually, that's not a good description. Maybe hibernations, some form. I can't get real raw inputs. There's storms, savage storms, and these beings are sleeping through the storms. The researcher goes on to say, tell me about the ones who sleep through the storms. And again, they describe the beings as very tall, very large, but very thin. The researcher says, move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. The subject says they're ancient people. They're, uh, they're dying. It's past their time or age. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive and they just can't. They can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way out. They're hanging on while they look or wait for something to return, something coming 
with the answer. The researcher wants to know what these beans are waiting for. The test subject goes on. Evidently, there was a group or a party of them that went out to find a new place to live. It's like I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's failing very rapidly, and this group went somewhere, like a long way to find another place to live. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to read you guys that FOIA doc on Project Stargate, because it definitely reminded me of the project with the DMT and seeing reptilians. Now, I don't know if there's a fucking connection. One just reminded me of the other, but I will put a link so you can download the document about Project Stargate. It's all very interesting shit. All right, guys, that is about enough reptile crazy shit for one episode. Now, before I leave, I do have to put a little uh, shout out to a documentary called Died Suddenly by Stu Peters. It was released today on YouTube. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I do have a link I'm going to put up in the show notes for you guys. Go check it out. Just like from the previews I've seen, it looks pretty legit. So I'm definitely going to check that out today. And if you want to, go click that link. So now we're to the part in the show where I have to say what's up to my top three downloading states. We have California, Wyoming. Whoa, Wyoming, what's up? I think this is the first time you guys have ever been on the first page of downloads. And we also have Pennsylvania. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. If you have any information you want me to check out, send it to vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. Or if any of the crazy shit I talk about you want to see, let me know. I'll send you the documents. Now, as far as the world, we have the UK, Canada, Australia, and Belgium. What's up, Belgium? I'd like to see you on the front page, too. So that's about it, you guys. I would just like to remind you to always be aware and don't forget your pepper spray or reverb. (laughs) Ciao, ciao.